ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. All right, guys. Zola, Kevin Blackstone, Bill Plaschke, and the return of Emily Kaplan. Good to have you back. Cap. Oh, look. Patrick King's goal. That wasn't that you wanted to be in maybe one of his last games in Chicago. Can we get a tenth of a second leeway here for an around-the-horn goal? Let's go. Emily, change that rule, Emily. You have juice. That's what I'm going to ask, because in the NBA, it's when you release the ball. You know, the ball can go in there. Replay tells off. Lead the replay. We'll get to that, but we start with the troubling story out of Alabama. We knew about that. I mean, you know, can't control everything. Anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble or is he in any trouble, type of trouble in this case. Like, in the wrong spot at the wrong time, so. Wrong place at the wrong time. Those words from Alabama head coach Nate Oates yesterday afternoon, heavily criticized. So he came through with second comments now, a release statement, and here they are. I thought it was important for me to clarify the unfortunate remarks. My statements came across poorly. We were informed law enforcement has repeatedly told us that no other student athletes were suspects, only witnesses. In no way did I intend to downplay the seriousness of the situation or the tragedy of that night. The tragedy of that night, the tragic murder of a woman in Tuscaloosa last month, Jamia Janae Harris, and an Alabama player, Darius Miles, facing capital murder charges. Miles now a former player and student at Alabama. But more details this week. Tuscaloosa detective testifying that current Alabama player, Brandon Miller, brought Miles' gun to Miles on the night of the fatal shooting after Miles texted him and asked him to do so. Alabama, the number two team in the country. Miller, the team's leading scorer and best player. Kevin Blackstone, your reaction to how Nate Oates responded initially, how the revision followed, and the position Alabama is in now? Well, Nate Oates was very callous and dismissive in his initial press conference, which is why he had to, um, he had to apologize. And uh, he was also shirking responsibility, I think, in, in all of this. Um, you know, college coaches will always tell that story to parents or guardians of the kids that they are recruiting that they're going to grow them into – young men and young women to be proud of um, in the future. Uh, and, and he made some decisions here that suggest to me that he's really not about that. Um, if, in fact, he knew all that, that we learned yesterday in that bond hearing, that, in fact, Brandon Miller delivered the weapon to the scene, then that means he should have acted beforehand because whether or not Brandon Miller is charged in this crime um, is really immaterial. The fact is you're a coach and you had someone do something that they shouldn't have done. And that reflects on the lack of leadership that you have provided to this team. And Brandon Miller should not be on this, this basketball team right now. 
Um, we may see him tonight. If we do, it should be the last time we see him for a while. If I could ask a follow-up, Kevin, you are a, uh, an employee of a university, as you are a professor at the University of Maryland, but that's what a basketball coach is, and in Oates' case, at Alabama. But the gravity of this entirety, is this not something that just goes to the university president? Oh, this goes to the AD, Mr. Byrne. It goes to um, Stuart Bell, I believe, is the president of the University of Alabama. Look, there's one thing I'm almost certain of is going to happen as this whole situation plays itself out in the legal system. And that is, at some point, um, the family of the deceased will file some sort of lawsuit, not just against the basketball team, but against the athletic director, the athletic department, and the University of Alabama for, for some sort of negligence. Um, we saw that happen uh, with the uh, University of Virginia in the murder of, of uh, the lacrosse player, uh, Miss Love, um, by the, the guy who was her boyfriend at mm -hmm. the time um, on the, on the uh, men's side of lacrosse. Uh, and, and that's going to happen because the responsibility here is going to go beyond just what, what happened at that, uh, on that street. Kevin, you, you referred to this as the bond hearing. This is the bond hearing, right? And we haven't even arrived at the grand jury yet. We haven't even arrived at any, any trial of whatsoever. And this information's coming out. I'll turn to you, Frank Isola. In the position Alabama, the university, and the basketball team finds itself in right now. Yeah, I'm worried less about what Nate Oates said. And obviously he released a statement yesterday kind of clarifying his remarks. I'm more worried about what's happening and what isn't happening. How Brandon Miller could still be on this team is beyond me, especially now that this news came out. He didn't go back to a dorm room to get a, a guy's uh, biology textbook. He brought a gun somewhere which was used to kill someone, for crying out loud. It doesn't really seem like a lot of times these schools take this stuff uh, seriously enough. We're talking the school president and the athletic director should be involved. And I'll tell you something else, too. Kevin cited the University of Virginia. I was thinking about that. That was in 2010. We had a player on the men's team murdered, was charged with murdering somebody on the women's team. The men's team went on and played in the NCAA tournament. That, that, that did not sit well with me. They ended up making the semifinals. I'm not saying that Alabama should shut down the season, but come on now. It's something that should be seriously considered. This is two players on the basketball team we're talking about. Two out of what? 15 players. It's ridiculous. Nationally televised game for that Alabama team tonight versus South Carolina. Bill Plaschke, I'll turn to you now. So you've got a top-seeded team, its leading scorer, and the school all it wants to do is protect this player, protect the team. Shame on all of them. Stuart Bell, I challenge you. Stuart Bell, the university president, get this kid out of uniform. He shouldn't be in uniform tonight. He brought, I don't care what they say he knew or didn't know, he brought a loaded weapon to a scene of a murder. And we don't know intent. We don't know whether we knew what he was, what he was bringing for. But what did he think he was bringing the gun for? And the fact that his, his car was there close enough to the, to the murder that there were bullet holes in the car. He's involved in this murder investigation. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but he's involved in an open murder investigation, and he's playing college basketball for the University of Alabama. That's just wrong. He should, be out of, he should not represent that state or that school in any fashion until this thing gets cleared up. The district attorney's office has said he has not been charged, and they don't foresee it happening. Emily Kaplan, I turn to you now on the position you see Alabama in. Right. The DA, did, the DA did say that, but like Bill and like Frank said, I mean, he brought a gun to his friend, his friend who admitted they were drunk. That gun killed a young woman. That woman was a mother. 
um, a life was lost. So he should not be in uniform tonight. I also think that there should be some consequence, but at the very least, just give him some pause until we can sort this out. I also just want to speak on Nate Oates. Like, his comments really did not sit well with me, just the flippant nature of them. This is a guy that spent years building up this program. Earlier this month, he just signed a contract extension Mm -hmm. that pays him $5 million a year. He's top 10 paid college basketball coaches in the country. He's a face of this university. And for him to say, I'm just going to try to prove my boss is right that I can win on the court rather than being a leader and doing what's right for these young young men. That's not cool. Saying, oh, we're just going to do a post-game, a post-practice prayer. That's not enough. I don't think that they're taking this as seriously as it needs to be taken. Mm. Do you agree with Frank that maybe a pause for the, for the program right now? Maybe they don't play tonight on ESPN2. Maybe. Do you agree with that, Emily? No, I don't. And I don't think that there should be consequences for everyone around this program. However, I do think that there should be a pause specifically for this player who is a lead witness in this case. Thanks for your thoughts on that. There's no easy way to transition from a story like that to talking about what we love to talk about, sports and basketball. But we will right now to a story I want to get your attention on because Jonathan Gavini and Brian Windhorst wrote a piece on Victor Wembanyama, And it has a stunner for me, all right? Wembanyama is still growing. He was 7'3 last year when he was age 18. He's now 7 foot 5 inches, okay? So, everyone believes he's going to be the number one pick. They're amazed every time he steps on the court. But he's still growing in the piece. Wemanyama says there's no wrong team to draft him. He's not worried about a bad organization. <clears throat> Give that a second. And Magic Johnson has given his view of it. He thinks Victor Wemanyama will have a LeBron-like impact on the NBA. So, Frank Isola, around the horn to you. What do you make of it all? <laughs> That's a lot to put on a young guy from France that he's going you know, to have an impact like LeBron had who had an unbelievable impact on the league. Also has a much different body. LeBron is built like a linebacker. Victor Wenbanyama is built like a taller Ralph Sampson, for crying out loud, almost a Kevin Durant. The ability is off the charts, and he's one of the most intriguing prospects to come into the league in a long time. I love the fact that he's playing professionally overseas. Remember, Luca came in. And having played in Spain made an immediate impact as well. That, I'm not so sure about that just from the body type. Because those guys, look at Chet Holmgren. We're still waiting for him to make his NBA debut, which isn't going to happen until next October. I would pump the brakes on that a little bit. I hope it works out for him, but I'm not ready to so, say that. So you think the growing is not necessarily a good thing, a positive thing that he's still growing at 19? Well, I mean, it, it definitely would be a concern at some point. But, you, I mean, we just showed the highlights. You know, we weren't watching, you know, Ralph Sampson and guys of that ilk back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s weren't, weren't uh, moving like that with the ball, without the basketball, crossover dribble. So it's a very unique kind of player. But let's see how much he can hold up. That body can hold up the first couple of years in the NBA. Bill Plasky. He says there's no wrong team for him to play for. He would say that he's currently playing for a team called the Mets. So they can't get any worse for him <laughs> oh, than that. Flashy. Oh, wow. It's that the truth. Was... Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> okay. Look it up. But I know I'm, I've got a little bit of concern. He was invited to play for the G League Ignite team. He turned them down. I'm concerned that he's, he's not, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about him in the heat of battle, in the competition in, in this country. There's no way you compare him to LeBron. LeBron went through so much more social media-wise. Also, LeBron's built, as Frank said, he's built so differently. If he's still growing... You have to wonder about the fragility of his bones. I just think you, I agree with Frank. You pumped the brakes on this a little bit. I think he's not, he's, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Wow. So, again, th- that's hitting pause. I don't know, LeBron growing up with social media, I don't think that actually 
2004, 2003, 2002. So that wasn't around at the moment. Emily Kaplan, to you. First, I just wanted to thank Brian Windhorst and uh, Giovanni and all these NBA scouts and GMs for making these countless trips to Paris. I know he's the number one pick. You all know he's the number one pick. Thank you guys for your service, for continuing to go to Paris and check on them. We all know what you guys are doing. Um, look, when we talk about the hype and LeBron, um, no one's going to be the chosen one on the cover of Sports Illustrated. We might not see that ever again. But here's a guy with Mbappe and Travis Scott seeing it in courtside to watch him. Michael Douglas is inviting him to his movie sets. Like, the global brand around this guy is going to be incredible. I know you guys are concerned about his frame and his size, but he's clearly being calculated about it, of building up muscle the right way. What we've heard is that he's been eating five meals a day for the last five years, so hopefully sustainably he will be able so to last. And I just, yeah, okay. That's congrats. I am pretty jealous. I wish I had that metabolism. <laughs> Lastly, this is a guy with an eight-foot wingspan who has four pull-up jumpers a game. Like, this is going to be appointment television. And KB, your view of it. Stop for a second. LeBron James just broke the NBA yeah. scoring record. Been out there for, Thank what, you. 30 years or something Thank like you. that. And already people are saying, this guy's going to be the next LeBron. He's going to be the next king of the NBA. All right. so you think you people please slow down a little bit? Good Lord. Let this guy get across the pond over to this continent first. Holding five against meals them, a day and he's 75 looking like Chet Holmgren. What are you talking about? I love the call out from Jeez. Kaplan there on, oh, the free trip to Paris to go cover him. We call that a white lotus situation. Where they just go to Four Seasons or Ritz Carlton's in Sicily and in Asia and all over the world just to film a show. We'll be back by ourselves next. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose. NBA news. Atlanta Hawks firing Nate McMillan. Atlanta, the eighth seed, 29 and 30. What it means for this playoff charge they're on. And Trey Young and this roster going forward. Frank, what's the story here? This second half change. Pardon? Well, remember, Nate McMillan, when he took over Lloyd Pierce, they made it to a conference finals. Nate McMillan is a terrific coach. There seemed to be some friction between him and Trey Young. Remember earlier this season, Trey Young didn't show up a shoot-around, said he was injured or sick, and Nate told him, well, if you're not going to be a shoot-around, you, if you come to the game, you're going to come off the bench. And Trey Young decided to stay home. So right there, you could tell things were heading in the wrong direction. I think Nate McMillan, remember, there was always talk that he might step away. So to me, this sounds like it's mutual, and I think Quinn Snyder's going to get the job. Kevin Blackstone. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they've had it, or at least he's had it with Trey Young, which is unfortunate because uh, this was an exciting team in this league. Nate McMillan's a great guy. Everybody likes him. I love watching um, Trey Young play 26-10-3 this year. I mean, those are all-star numbers. His shooting percentage is off a little bit. What they need to do is build a better team. I'm sorry that this didn't work out. I'm the captain. When you're not improving as fast as you thought and you're about to hire your third coach in three years, I just don't know why you would rush into hiring a new coach. Why not wait until the offseason and mm-hmm. assess okay. all of your options? This, to me, is short-term thinking. Like, they really just need to figure out the guy that has the big plan or the woman that has the big plan. Why not wait? Because you're going to have the most attractive job this offseason. Mm. You're high still on these Atlanta Hawks. Bill Plaschke, you thinking they've hit a ceiling and they're regressing? Or what do you think of this move? I think they hit a ceiling. I think they were going to go separate ways. Nate McMillan was going to leave it to the end of the year anyway. Get a head start now. Quinn Steiner is going to be the hottest candidate out there. Get him in there now. This is why that move was made. Six straight semifinals. I mean, six straight conference uh, playoff bids or bursts in the West with Utah. And he reached Donovan Mitchell. He got the best out of Donovan Mitchell. He can do the same with Trey Young. Get him in there. Fire cell two. Connor McDavid. Goals number 43. And 44 last night. Assist number 61 last night. So 105 points in the season. And he is now the fifth fastest in league history to 800 points. Does anybody know the top four? Anybody? Yeah. All right, Kathleen, give it to us. Oh, Frank, go. I'm hearing it from everybody, actually. Yes. Gretzky, of course. Lemieux, of course. Bossy. And Peter Stastny. Emily, what are you buying as far as McDavid this year and his career trajectory? Well, I think it's incredibly impressive that he did a fifth fastest because it's so much harder to score today than it was for those guys. Connor McDavid is an alien. This guy has won four scoring titles and two MVPs. But if you ask him, and I have, he feels like he hasn't won anything. The only thing that matters to him is winning the Stanley Cup. Did you hear that? If you ask him, and I have. What a way to put it out there, Kaplan. Kevin Blackstone, what have you asked Connor McDavid recently? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not how you start, it's how you finish, but this is one heck of a start that he's got here. Um, he's living up to all the expectations that were for him coming into this league. Uh, I would like to see him a lot more. Um, get him on a better team. Get him out there. Mm. Make him the face of the NHL. Why not? Frank Isola. It's a great accomplishment, but when you win, when you wear that logo on your sweater, you're going to be judged against Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messi. It's about lifting Stanley Cup. And just let me educate Emily Kaplan on something. Mike Bossy is one of the most underrated players in history. I'm so glad that his name is coming up. This is the guy, second guy in NHL history with 50 goals in 50 games. He does not get mentioned enough among the all-time. You are right in that sentiment. Frank, how are you underrated when you're in the Hall of Fame? But the Frank-splaining is going to get you nowhere on this show here, Frank. And how about you, Plaschke? Yeah, Frank, you're not educating Emily Kaplan on anything with hockey. Just drop that right now. And Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky did this in almost 200 fewer games. That's how great he was. But, you know, Conor McDavid just getting better. 44 goals, career high, and there's still 24 games left. I mean, he just keeps getting better. He's amazing. Go ahead, Frank. He just educated us on Wayne Gretzky. I love Bill. He, now he's educating us on Wayne Gretzky. He's a great player. Thanks, Bill. You know yes, what you were doing there, Frank. You wear the view. Last word here, Kevin Blackstone. Oh, Ovechkin. Come on. What are we talking about? We're talking about Conor McDavid? 
Ovechkin setting every record scoring in in the toughest okay. time to score that Emily no, just no. pointed out. We <laughs> we have talked about Ovechkin. What is Blackstone and Isola doing here? Well, what are you talking about, Kevin? What are you, what are you we'll doing? Have our own you just show. said you need to appreciate Connor McDavid more, making the face of the league, and then you just change the subject out of nowhere to Ovechkin. Uh, how did I get the showdown? I'm in the showdown. How did I know that happen? Kaplan, Blackstone, showdown. Next. I'll take it. I'll take it. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's. Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Patrick Kite blew the bloody doors off last night with a goal that was not allowed. All right? He shoots it with time still on the clock, but it crosses at triple zeros. And in hockey, that is a no goal. We didn't get this great moment last night. Emily Kaplan, first to you. Should this be a goal? Yes, let's go change the 100-plus year history of the NHL so that Patrick Kane can get one goal. It's not a buzzer beater if it doesn't beat the buzzer. And luckily, we had Wes McCauley to announce it to the arena. Bill Plasky, should this be a goal? I'm not going to disagree with Emmett Kaplan on anything with hockey. It is, should not be a goal. It's the, the, the rules are very clear. The replay was clear. No sentimentality here. No uh, goal. I was, trying, I was trying to see if someone would. We'll split the point. We'll move on. Number four, UConn. Losing. To St. John's last night, UConn was a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. Number seven, Maryland, trouncing number six, Iowa, by 28 last night. Emily, what was the bigger wow? The bigger wow last night were the Johnnies, but I want to give some flowers to Maryland. They returned only one starter from last year, and this is now their fourth win over a top-ten mm. team this season. That's incredible. BP? The bigger wow is definitely UConn getting out-muscled, out-rebounded, out-hustled at home. UConn's lost his grip. Gino's lost losing his grip on the women's basketball game. It's changing. He's not changing with it. Flip the point. We'll move on. Showdown three. A.J. Brown on Jalen Hurts' impending new negotiation with Eagles. Do not pay this man. Just shoot me off wherever he finna go. <laughs> it's over. So you talk about pressure? How we get it done. That was on the Raw Room podcast. Did A.J. Brown just make Hurts' contract negotiation and Howie Roseman's job easier or harder, Bill? I'm sorry, I can't get past this baseball cap. It's KC Royals. They just got beat by a team from KC. I know it's a fashion. It looks probably looks good on them, but why celebrate Kansas City for anything? Mm-hmm. Emily Kaplan. This makes Howie's job so much easier. This is free advice for anyone in the world. Give someone the gift that they want to get, not the one that you think they might want to get. This is a man who's lived life with Gardner uh, Minshew. He knows what he wants. He was matching his fit, Bill Plaschke. That's what he was doing with the hat. You wouldn't know anything about that, of course. Emily Kaplan, 30 <laughs> seconds of FaceTime. So the New York Rangers are a model franchise in so many ways, especially with the way they treat players in the upper echelon of the NHL. But I saw something recently that I found very disturbing. On the road, they bring a bagel bag. It literally says bagel bag. And as a self-proclaimed bagel snob, I think this is amazing. The best bagels are in New York and New Jersey. You can't eat them somewhere else. However, inside the bag, it's grocery store bagels. 
huge, huge offense. I don't know what they're doing. I'm very, very disappointed. Whoa! This is intrepid reporting here. Don't sleep on grocery store bagels. Grocery store bagels are tremendous. What are you talking about? Get a big bag full of them? Ew. They're boiled. Gator brother? They're not, they're not fried. They're boiled, yeah, and that's what the difference is. They, you they live in New York City, the, the mess of all bagels. Cranberries out the I go to Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> go to Ralph's. We got a bagel on the show today. See you tomorrow.